0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah,
1: can I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does it smell good? Wolfing down your
2: lunch. (laughs) Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy! Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it's Friday, it's noon, it's time for all of today's top sports stories in one place. Aaron Maloney, who bought us the panic button, is here, Aaron.
3: So, the Arizona Cardinals are gearing up for their last game of the season, as they will face the 49ers on Sunday. And James Conner has been ruled out, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. You have that button?
1: Oh my goodness.
3: Getting don't panic yet. You know, <laughs> it is week 18. So... There's that piece of news. And then Vance Joseph spoke to the media yesterday, and he was asked if the Cardinals staff has been reassured that they are coming back next year.
0: I have not, um, but I'm not worried about that. Obviously, um, that's part of the business. You know, we're coaching to win a game on Sunday, and um, if it works out, we'll come back with a plan and offseason to kind of fix everything, because it's fixable. But we have not been uh, reassured of that, and that's okay.
3: So this is a two-parter. Do you think James Conner being ruled out is a big deal, or do you think they want to give maybe Keontae Ingram some more reps? And the second thing, what do you think about Vance Joseph? What do you think his future? is with the Cardinals?
2: Uh, well, the first part, I mean, it's hard for me to get too caught up in it. I'd like to watch James Conner play, but, you know, the game means nothing to the Cardinals. I, you probably do need to get a look at Keontae Ingram. If you had told me at the start of the year, though, in the last game of the season, it would be David Blau handing off to Keontae Ingram, I would say things went poorly for the Cardinals, because Ingram was their fifth running back out of camp, even though I like the guy, and I like his upside. The second part of it is is um, that's something to watch, because I think Vance Joseph is a pretty good defensive Coordinator and I like the continuity of keeping him around, but the reality is if they switch head coaches, usually the head coach brings in his own coordinators.
1: Yeah, let me just say this. First of all, in regard to James Conner right now, um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna look at anybody but my starters for the most part at this point in time. It is a very rare situation where you get to play in a regular season game against guys that actually need to go out and play well and i'm talking about the 49ers they're playing for something of course out there it's a rare situation where you can throw a guy a player into that game who typically would not get reps in that game where now all of a sudden you can evaluate him for real not like a preseason game evaluate him for real and whether or not you want to keep him this offseason or let him walk somewhere else. The Cardinals have a ton of decisions to make right now. You can get some live-action looks on a guy like Keontae. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to play him and get him a lot of reps right there. This is something that is repeated all over the National Football League at this point in time. I'm not going to call it tanking because it isn't. It makes an awful lot of sense to say, we need to see this guy go out and play when the silks are on and the lights are bright in a real situation against real opponents. How does he play? One or two games? I can tell you an awful lot about a guy, how he holds up in a situation like that. I'm all for it,
2: man. They are. I, I'm all for seeing Keontae Ingram play. I, I do think the guy has like legitimate NFL running back upside. They are gonna have a really hard time scoring against San Fran they already did the first time, everybody does, but they have a hard time scoring against San Francisco. This in, in regard to va-
1: I'm sorry, man. In in regard to Vance Joseph, because I didn't answer that as well. Who knows? Vance Joseph is going to be a head coach at some point in time in the National Football League, so um, I wish him well, man. I hope he stays. I hope the entire staff stays. I really do, because that isn't the problem. It is fixable. It is something they can fix. But, man, that starts tomorrow. That starts the day after. And then the day after. And the day after. They got to do something about it.
3: So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks... What draft pick will the Cardinals finish with after Sunday's game versus the 49ers? Number two, number three, number four, number five, or number six? Four.
1: I'm pretty confident in four. I, I I would have to say four as well. Because four
2: is what they get if if Chicago, Houston, and the Cardinals all lose. And generally, when you get to this point in the season... And, and the
3: Broncos, I believe, right?
2: Yeah. The
3: Broncos and Chargers?
2: Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, generally, at this point in the season, the teams that are right there at the bottom tend to lose. And you're right. Maybe not tanking, but like I, you really see Houston going out there and winning, knowing that if yeah. they lose, they get their pick at quarterback. Right. It's not a lottery. They just, and it's not like they're going to make the playoffs if they win. So yeah, I'll say four for the Cardinals.
3: So 50 percent say number four, 29 percent say number three, 14 percent number two, five percent number six, three percent number five. The Phoenix Suns return from a long road trip and a rough one as they're getting ready to host the Miami Heat tonight at eight o'clock. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and on 98.7. What do you want to see from the Suns at home tonight?
2: I just want to see a carryover defensively and rebounding-wise from what we saw against Cleveland, because because that, that Cleveland game was still a loss, and it was, as K-Ray called it at the end of the game, a heartbreaking loss. But you you did some things right that you weren't doing in previous losses. And so if you're not hitting your shots at the beginning of the game, like I'd like to see them score a lot in the first quarter because they haven't been doing that. But you also can only control that so much. But you can control the defensive and rebounding effort.
1: Yeah, you know, that's what I want to see. I want to see them compete. And in particular, I want to see them compete on the defensive end of the floor right there. I want to see Chris Paul. Uh, go out and have another strong game. I want to see him finish a little bit better uh, than he did the other night against Cleveland. I want to see DeAndre Ayton go out there and rebound the basketball. Rebound the basketball! I want to see him go out there and rebound that basketball the way that he did against the Cavaliers. Oh, by the way, the Cavaliers, the best rebounding team in the association, and the Phoenix Suns went out and actually out-rebounded them. That right there tells you everything you need to know because the Suns have been struggling to rebound well this season. And yet they made it a point of emphasis, I'll guarantee you, against the Cavaliers. And suddenly yeah, D.A. with 18 rebounds. Can he carry that over into tonight's game against a physical, physical team in the Miami Heat? Well, and the the oh-by-the-way
2: to your oh-by-the-way is you got Cleveland coming in here again next, too. So it's not like you can just be like, all right, we rebounded for a game, we're There you go.
3: The Michigan football program is under NCAA investigation for numerous potential rules, violations, including head coach Jim Harbaugh, directly for failing to cooperate with investigators, which is a level one violation. Harbaugh's contract allows for the university to terminate him for cause, if the NCAA or the conference or the university reasonably determines that the head coach has committed a material violation of a material provision of the governing rules, including without limitation a level one or level two violation of NCAA rules. <laughs> so, where do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to be next year? Do you think he's still going to be at Michigan? Well, let's
2: let's rehash this, right? So, like Tuesday ish, it was. Uh, Why is hey, he always
3: getting in trouble, Wolf? Yeah, he almost pulled you in the trouble.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> probably missed. That's right. What are you Uh, doing, Jim? Tuesday-ish it was, hey, if somebody offers Jim Harbaugh a job in the NFL, he wants to do it. And then, like, Thursday it was Michigan sending out a tweet that, oh, he's a Michigan man through and through. And then Friday it was, uh, by the way, you're being investigated. The good news for Michigan, and I can just tell you this from uh, experience as uh, as an ASU fan, if you're being investigated by the NCAA, (laughs) really it's not an issue for another 17 years. (laughs) I'm shocked they tried to interview Jim Harbaugh.
1: Exactly. Um, first of all, my first thought was alleged impermissible contact with recruits during the NCAA mandated dead period. Hmm. Does that not sound? Sounds odd. Does that familiar. not sound yeah. familiar? Right there doesn't seem to be hurting Michigan the way it hurt ASU though. Okay, listen. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is not long for college football anymore. At some point in time, he's going to be coaching in the National Football League. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Assuming. (laughs) I'm just, I'm still confused by the back
2: and forth this week. Harbaugh wants to coach in the NFL. No, he doesn't. He's a Michigan man. Oh, he might get fired. Yes. All right. Well, stay tuned. (laughs) Harbaugh. (laughs) Only Jim, man. What a mess. I assumed that he, when I saw the Michigan Post yesterday, he heard the show and didn't want to have to fight you in two years when we were doing interviews.
1: I love Jim. And Jim would brawl. That's the great thing about it. Jimmy, he'd go toe-to-toe with anybody.
2: All right, that was Wolf and Down your lunch. Thank you, Aaron, as always. When we come back, has Vance Joseph been reassured he's going to be back with the team next season? Is the coaching staff coming back next year? We're going to find out pretty soon, like in a matter of days, and we're going to discuss it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke, presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We should throw this out there too because we didn't really get to it earlier when we were talking about uh, the NFL playoff scenarios. Real quick, there's they're not replaying the end of that, or they're not playing the end of that Cincinnati Buffalo game. As I think, I think kind of became apparent over the course of the, the week that they weren't going to do that. But that is official, and there's there are scenarios now where the AFC Championship game could be played on a neutral field. It's pretty convoluted to try and sit here and read through them all in the air, but basically. If Buffalo gets the number one seed, then it's just the game's going to be in Buffalo. But if it's something else, and like if Buffalo is visiting Kansas City, that could be at a neutral field yeah, or stuff like right. that. So it, it's that's out there, certainly. I mean, we can get into that uh, next week, too, when the playoff scenarios are, are, are at least set for the first round. Uh, back to the Cardinals, though. And the regular season finale on Sunday. This is Vance Joseph from yesterday when they asked him, okay, has the staff been reassured you guys are all coming back next year?
0: I have not, um, but I'm
2: not worried about that. Obviously,
0: um, that's part of the business. You know, we're coaching to win a game on Sunday, and um, if it works out, we'll come back with a plan and offseason to kind of fix everything because it's fixable, but we have not being not reassured of that, yeah. and that's okay.
2: And then there's this one, too. We didn't get to play this earlier, Wolf. They asked him about the timeline for finding out his job status, because this is what I'm I'm interested in. Obviously, we're going to do the show on Monday. It, there may very well be news that Cliff Kingsbury and the coaching staff are gone on Monday, or, or everything might just still be the same, right? And if everything is still the same, I actually think we are scheduled to talk to Cliff on Monday if everything is still the same. Uh, but Does that mean that on Tuesday we're going to find out that they're all getting blown out or whatever? Or, you know, at what point of, and I would say it's probably next week, if the coaching staff is still intact, can you assume that's going to be the
1: coaching staff for next year? Oh, man, I, I just honestly, I don't know all the uncertainty that is out there right now. It's very difficult for me to speculate on that or anybody to speculate on that. There's been no indication whatsoever. I I mean, if you listen to some of the cuts here from Vance Joseph, he's telling you for the most part there's question marks all over the place. They don't even know as a staff as to what might or might not happen. I think that's very telling. Well, they
2: did ask him Although, as you just said, it's impossible for him to speculate too. But they asked him about the timeline for finding out his job status. It's different for
0: every every place, right? You know, every every owner has his process of evaluations. I think it comes down to you know to the final game. You know, I think the product on the field. Sometimes you're not winning, but the product's right. You know, you watch the guys play. You know, no one's quitting. No one's no one's. Uh, I should say um, not. not not following protocol, you know, and that's, that's what owners are looking for, you know, the football part can be fixed, obviously injuries, that part can be fixed with healthier players next year, but the culture, if that breaks down, that, that, could, as a coach, that can be a demise, right, I think here that hadn't happened, you know, the guys are playing hard, the guys love playing for coach, he hadn't changed one bit from, you know, last year winning to this year not winning, he's been the same guy every day, I think the players respect that, you know, but um, the timelines, we're not sure, again, our focus is about Sunday winning the game and playing good again, you know, and being competitive against a very good team that's our focus and um you know monday morning we'll know obviously what's going on but you know it's been honest all year we've, we've coached hard we played hard all year so i have no regrets
1: that's one of the big reasons why, once again, I would like to see Cliff Kingsbury back here because I don't believe the culture is broken down. I don't believe that guys have quit. I believe that a lot of guys, veterans and young guys, have actually gone out and played really, really hard. I do believe there's got to be change. I do believe there has to be serious changes. I'm one of these guys. I believe this, basin onions. I'm loyal to a fault. There's no doubt about that. Yet at the same time, I also believe in hiring sp- smart, capable people, and then letting them go about their job and do their job. And if, in fact, you're going to give somebody an extension, and that's what Michael Bidwell did, he gave Cliff Kingsbury an extension, you're going to give him that because you you feel convicted as though this is the right guy. Let him try to fix it. This is what I want to see him do. I agree. It is fixable. But... Things have to change. You have to. Number one, Cliff's got to become the alpha in the room. I'm sorry. That's what I believe. Cliff has got to be that alpha male head coach. You can't be a peer. You can't be one of their peers. You have to be the head coach. Now, some may say, Basin onions." it's too late. It's too late for that. And that will be the determining factor, I think, honestly, going forward. See, I don't know that to be a fact. That's just me guessing. For for me,
2: what you just said is is huge, and I think that that has to happen, and as we've discussed, I think that's why, if Cliff's coming back, you have to have somebody else out there calling the plays. Not because I don't think he can call plays. There are plays he calls that I hate, but I, it's not that, right? It's it's not that. I don't think he's like some horrible play caller compared to other coaches around the league. I think it's what you've been saying for a while, and what you just said right there. Get some separation between you and the quarterback. That's why that's part of the reason teams have play callers. He's kind of the buffer between the quarterback and the head coach. There is no yes. buffer. And we're seeing negative effects of that because that leads into to my reason of if you're going to move on from Cliff or not, it's got to come down to how do you get the most out of Kyler Murray? And if internally they're looking and saying, man, you know what? Kyler, Kyler plateaued this year. Kyler regressed this year. And even if they're looking and saying, it's Kyler's fault. It's not really Cliff's fault. You know, that relationship, if there's any issues there, maybe it's Kyler's fault. Maybe it's not Cliff's fault. Cliff is a pretty agreeable guy, but maybe Kyler, who knows? Maybe Kyler just pushes the the border a little bit too much or whatever. Even if it's Kyler's fault, you got to have a coach that can get the most out of Kyler. That's the thing. But I'll keep coming back to this. And I I wonder how not knowing who your GM is necessarily on Monday plays into this. If, you, if you're telling me, hey, Sean Payton's ready to go. He wants to coach here. We got Sean Payton lined up. Okay, I get it. Cliff did get four years. If you're telling me we're going to fire Cliff because that's not a plan. That's not a plan. Just firing the guy and not having a clear-cut successor lined up. Yeah. That's not a plan.
1: Yeah. You know, once again, though, for me, and this is just pure speculation, this is me and what I would like to see. I'm talking about Cliff becoming the alpha in the room. He's got to do it, and that would have to be part of it. He gets that separation from... Kyler, he gets that separation as a play caller from him. It's no longer a peer coach. It's more of a head coach. That's what's got to happen. And I'm not talking about just the offense. I'm talking about the offense and the defense and game management, period. That's what he's got to do. And I also think one of the other changes has to happen is the fact that you've got to change the schemes that you're running. You do. You have to change them. You know the way I feel on this as well. Hey, listen, you got to get more physical. You know what you do, Basin Ornians? You run more physical schemes is what you do. And we've seen this. We have seen Cliff make the adjustment, the proper adjustment here in terms of being a lot more balanced, in terms of being a lot more heavy in terms of personnel groups that he's using right now, and power personnel groups, and running power schemes. Schemes that attack the line of scrimmage. And a lot of times, that is with a quarterback that is underneath center, attacking that line of scrimmage. I've been talking about it for two, three years right now, and I know everyone's tired of hearing me talk about it, but that's number one. Cliff has got to become the alpha in the room, and number two, he's got to use a lot more power schemes, in my opinion, and balance this offense out. You want the blending of the two, the old and the new. You want both. You want them in shotgun. You want them in pistol. You want them under center. You want to move them around. You want to be capable of taking advantage of whatever the weakness is from your defense. That's what being multiple, as I like to say, in terms of where you're going to put your quarterback and the placement of your quarterback. That's what it does for you. It allows you to take advantage of your other of the opponent's weakness,
2: let's put it that way. Here, I got a stat for you that uh, I, I'm interested to see how you react to this. Okay, because I just I, I looked this up while you were talking right there. Cliff Kingsbury, in terms of because again he's this the, he, this is his fourth season, right? And this is how quick yeah. there's turnover in the NFL and why four seasons in itself is is not it's not like ah oh, they gave him seven games and they're done with him. He is the of the 32 current NFL head coaches, like the guys that are going to coach this weekend. Yeah. He is the 10th longest tenured
1: coach in the NFL. <laughs> wow. How ridiculous is wow. that? Wow. Like, how wow. crazy is that? That is crazy right there. It really is. Um, you know, of course, once again, um, this is a situation where um, I, Cliff Kingsbury is somebody that I do know personally. Um, it becomes very, very difficult to talk about it. I, 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 for me, when Ken, Ken Wisenhunt was fired... I didn't think that he deserved to be fired. I said it at the time. I said it on air. I disagreed with the firing of Ken Wizenon. I would disagree with the firing of, of Cliff Kingsbury right now. I don't know if that's going to happen. I really don't, one way or the other. Right. But ultimately... Um, it's going to be Michael's decision. And guess what? He made the right decision when he did fire Wiz. I didn't think Wiz deserved to be fired. He made the right decision
2: because we all know what happened when B.A. came But That's up. the huge part of this equation we don't know yet. Beca- it's what you just said right there. It ended up being the right decision to fire Ken Wisenhunt because they got B.A. If you just bring in another guy that we're having the same conversation in two years, then it wasn't the right decision because you're asking a lot of your young players to start over, too. So you have to have a plan beyond just, we're making change to make change. Text us your thoughts to the Fanduel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, which players have the most on the line against the 49ers on Sunday? We're going to tell you next the Week 18 edition of Fulcrum Football. We're going to play around to that. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football. Friday with Wolf and Luke, presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Arizona Sports. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win.
0: Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. Success. This is Fulcrum
2: Football with Wolf and Luke. Uh, it doesn't matter how bad the season is. We can always play full from football, and we will continue to do so through the playoffs. I'm guessing next Friday we'll do a little wild-card round edition. We'll have more teams to choose from.
1: Okay, so I haven't seen it today. Where is Marco Wilson on the injury report? Do you know where, what he's listed as? Well, we haven't even started full okay, football. I, I know that, but before the I The injury go...
3: report hasn't come out. Oh!
2: I mean, I have. Yeah, I have through Thursday, do you want to through Thursday. Marco Wilson limited on Wednesday limited on Thursday.
1: Yes. Um, okay. Listen, I'm going to assume, of course, that he's going to play. So, that should be a little foreshadowing. Yes. Wow.
2: Hold on. Oh, I my goodness. I haven't even given the rules That's yet. That's awesome.
1: All right, well, I'm thinking first. Looks like I won the coin
2: flip. Um, so the rule, it's going to be a little bit different this week. Instead of trying to sit here and go, okay, who's going to swing the game against the 49ers? Who's going to do this? We're, Wolf wants
1: to do it this way, so this is how we're going to do it, okay? Okay, yeah. Um, how do you want to do it? What player has the most to gain this Sunday? Okay. What player has the most to gain this Sunday? When you think of all the Cardinals that are going to be run out there on the field, you won the toss. So you go first. Okay. I will take Marco Wilson. Over and 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 over again. Oh, my goodness. So there you go. Marshawn, I love you, man. Thank you. Thank you for making my first pick for me. Okay, Marco Wilson, honestly, it is a great one to pick, though, when you think about it. This guy is getting better. He's gotten better. I think he's had a much better second half than he had his first half Mm -hmm. of the season. He's made some incredible plays. I think the confidence is starting to flow with Marco Wilson, and I think he needed that going into this offseason. So I think he's got a lot. If he plays on Sunday against the 49ers, and oh, by the way, they have some pretty good receivers, and they're going to be playing because they want the number one seed. Um, You can talk him up all you want. He's my pick, though. I I know. Marco Wilson, that's an excellent pick by you.
2: He was on my list, but when I realized that you wanted him, he immediately moved to the top of my list. So now it's your turn.
1: Let me X him out right there. he's gone. Okay, so that means it's my turn, Basin Onions, and I'm going to go for my first fulcrum football player, Trey McBride. That was supposed to be my first (laughs) pick. Trey McBride, well, you ripped mine off. Why would you do that? I figured you were going to take seven offensive linemen and I could take McBride. There you go right there. Trey McBride. Um, what are you becoming, Trey? What are you becoming right now? Trey, put your hand in the dirt, baby. Put your hand in the dirt and Off the ball, Trey McBride, you are blossoming before our very eyes. I think that confidence, oh, we all know confidence, of course, is the currency of competition. You buy and sell performances based on the confidence you have. It doesn't mean you're always going to win. It doesn't mean you're going to lose. It just means that you're going to get consistently better based on the confidence you have. And Trey McBride is gaining confidence going forward. There's one more game of this season. One more opportunity for Trey McBride to actually get better. And this is it. In San Francisco against, oh, I don't know, maybe the best defense in the league? Strike the maybe, the best defense in the league. Trey McBride is my first fulcrum football player.
2: All right, uh, round two. And now that we know that this guy, (laughs) I guess we don't know that he's starting, but he's going to get carries with James Conner out. Uh, Keontae Ingram. (laughs) Uh, Look, we talked about Ingram a lot in camp. Wolf, you and I did because we were out there so much for camp. And he was one of those guys that stood out and made it tough for them to carry any less than five running backs. Boy, that feels like years ago. With, uh, with Jonathan Ward's been hurt. Now James Conner's hurt. You know, Benjamin has bounced around the league. Uh, but, uh, and Daryl Williams on IR. But Keontae Ingram, uh, I, want, I hope they give him nothing against Corey Clement, but I hope they give Keontae Ingram a, a good long look on Sunday. Because when you're talking about guys that have a lot on the line or the most to potentially gain in this one final game, he's right up there at the top of the list.
1: Okay, that's a fine pick by you as Thank well. You. I need that validation. Um, my second fulcrum football player, then Luke, is going to be Zaven Collins. <laughs> Zaven, Zaven, Zaven! Oh my goodness, Zaven Collins! It started a little dicey, up and down. Started a little uneven. But suddenly, Zabin Collins is showing real signs of development, real signs of improving. He's getting better and better and better. Now, it's on an incremental basis. There's no doubt about that. Yet, at the same time, Zabin Collins is growing. He is growing before our very eyes. And, Zabin, it's time for you to take that next step. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to see that next step until next season. Having said that, you've got one more opportunity. I want to see Zayvon Collins finish the season strong. Go out with a bang, baby. Oh, and by the way, look, everybody, it's J.J. Watt. He's going to be out there balling. Zayvon, do you see your buddy, your good friend? Go out and play with a passion and an attitude and an intention that you have not had all season long, bro.
3: Well, that's if Zayvon Collins plays, Mm. because Cliff Kingsbury to the media today said Collins is not trending the right way.
1: Day to day, but doesn't look good, I would say. He's not, uh, not trending the right way as of today. That's not great. (laughs) Not ideal. What?! He was my fulcrum football player, Cliff. What are you doing?
2: Well, he probably didn't know that at the time. Maybe now they'll put him out there.
1: He he has a calf. I understand he has a calf, but please. Come on, Zavin. Shoot it off. Shoot it off. All right. I've Put on
3: it. your Yellowstone hat. Shoot <laughs> it up, right? No,
1: his tombstone hat. Remember it that? It was his Yellowstone it was a yellow, hat. It was,
2: and look, it was a Yellowstone shirt and a tombstone hat. No, That's, yeah. he That's said what he it said. was
3: a Yellowstone hat.
2: Uh, well, I remember him saying Yellowstone shirt. I've never seen no, Yellowstone so, or I, tombstone. I know.
1: I Are you sure he said? Uh, now, no. you're
3: gonna get okay, it. I'm going minute, to hard knocks. You're, you're gonna okay, get it. you that right. panic button in a second. So we'll Do sweet. you think Zabin <laughs> has even
1: seen Tombstone? Oh my goodness. Of course. Of course. He's from Harmony. Yes. He's a cowboy, That's- man. <laughs> I'm a calm. He did, Give me he some did say Yellowstone right shirt man. when he
2: picked it up. He, he said, said, said yellow
1: shirt. That's not what shirt I think I Mel is wrong on that. I'm staying out of this because <laughs> she's never been <laughs> Oh, boy. Here we go.
2: All right. This since, is going to be bad. Since I don't know how many more picks I'll get to make. Um, you know what? You Someone
1: know what? To- Okay, sorry. It's, I just panicked right there because I know Mel's going to find we that. We should not and, have given Wolf the toy. Nice. We should have okay. put that down. That's each. the panic button here on the Wolf and Luke show. hope you enjoyed it,
2: about my lately. brothers. Uh, all right. At least he didn't do that weird voice he did earlier. Uh, you know what? My third pick, taking a lot of young players, We're going J.J. Watt. Amen, brother. <laughs> Last game of his career. <laughs> L. El- Don't you you want to go out on a high note, JJ? I don't want to see JJ Watt apologizing to his team after the game for the last drive. I want to see JJ Watt with at least a sack and the the opera, whether, look, he could have a bad game. He's still going out on top with the the season he's had, but you know, if you're writing the very final paragraph of the final
1: chapter of your career you want that final paragraph to be good boy that is you know what honestly i can't believe it i how did i forget about jj rott are you kidding me how much but once again the topic is what player has the most to gain yeah. I would argue he has more to gain than Zayvon Collins,
2: who might not play. Um,
1: well, first of all, I didn't. Okay, honestly, stop it. I thought he was going to play, even though he was questionable. I know he had a cap. Yes, okay. you said
2: in the pre-show meeting look, you could go any way you wanted with the picks.
1: Look, um, just be quiet, Luke. Okay, chance you me and to Maloney not with this burning desire to always be right. Mr. Perfect. I just need to be more
2: right than you on this show. That's all that Okay,
1: I'm going to say that my third and final fulcrum football player is going to be David Blau rhymes with cow. (laughs) Let's go! David Blau right there. Interesting. How much does he have to gain? What if David Blau actually goes out and plays very well against the San Francisco 49ers? Oh my goodness, who's he throwing the ball to? DeAndre Hopkins? No, he's not throwing it to D-Hop. Who's he handing the ball off? James Con? No, he's not. Keontae Ingram, he's going to be handing the ball off. David Blau. Are you going to have David Blau come back and be the other veteran quarterback you go going to camp with next season alongside Colt McCoy? Or not? This game could decide that based on how David Blau plays. That might actually be the best answer out of all the players we picked right there. Thank you. But, uh, Appreciate it. It doesn't you. matter
2: because I got Marco Wilson and you have a guy that might not play. All right, that was Folkham Football Week 18 edition when we come back. Who does Kevin Ray want to see step up for the Suns tonight when they return home to take on the Miami Heat? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports,
1: the local sports leader. Day-to-day but doesn't look good, I would say. He's not. Uh... <laughs> Not trending the right way as of today. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in
2: from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catch bodies on his way to the rack. Suns game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. The Phoenix Suns finally get to play a basketball game actually in Phoenix, believe it or not, Wolf. They get to play at the Footprint Center tonight. They're playing a good team, although a team with the exact same record to them now, the Miami Heat, a team they lost to by one point earlier this season, and they got outshot at the free throw line 25 to 4. Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joins us right now. It is game day with K Ray on the Arizona Sports Line. K Ray, what's going on?
4: You know, I was in such an optimistic frame of mind until you reminded me of that free-throw disparity, loop. Happy yes. Friday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kay, do you expect to see that tonight?
4: Ah, boy, I... I I I pity the league office if that's what. Let me just put it that way.
2: (laughs) That's fair. Um, All right, so Miami, you know, there are similarities when they played last year. We talked about the similarities between these two teams. There's differences too, obviously, but there's some similarities. Now this year, the thing, the first thing, honestly, that stands out, Kay, is Miami's a really good team, or at least they have really good upside, and they're 20 and 19 too. What do you see from the Heat?
4: Yeah, you know, it is, um, for, for differing reasons, the, the heat has been somewhat like the sun's in the sense of, as you said, you know, have been a really good team in fact you know these two teams you know led their respective conferences a year ago uh we know what the sun's record was this time a year ago uh you know league best as they were tearing through virtually everybody but this time a year ago they also weren't dealing with just an absolute litany of of injuries and the the heat are right there with the suns in terms of, of games missed now I don't know that you could qualify all of their games missed to, to actual injuries, but I'm sure that some of their folks might argue otherwise. But, uh, yeah, Miami has been, um, a little bit of an enigma. Enigma, enigma, excuse me, I'll spit it out there. In, in that they do have some great pieces, and you look at them individually, and you kind of scratch your your head at why they have been so inconsistent. And you know their their coach is right up there in terms of head scratching. Uh, you know, he said it after their loss against the Lakers the other night. And keep in mind, they lost the Lakers. Lakers were missing their top three scores. Um, not the least of which was LeBron James. And they gave up 32 points to Dennis Schroeder. And it's it been like that all season along with the Heat. You know, one step forward and in some instances three steps back. They're closing out a five-game road trip. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not sure what Heat team is going to show up here tonight. Uh, but I guess you could maybe to some degree say the same thing about the Suns, guys.
1: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, Kay. If, in fact, you had to look at one stat other than the score, Kay, and say that this stat is going to determine if the Phoenix Suns win tonight's game, what stat would you point to?
4: Well, I will will point to just right now because of how shorthanded and limited they are offensively. Um, and, and I had this conversation with uh, with EJ and our producer, Brock Kraft, for a telecast tonight. You know, if, if I can bottle up the two defensive performances they had, one against Memphis that got a win, and one against Cleveland that, that, you know, very well could have and should have gotten them a win, uh, then I'm going to go field goal percentage because this is a Miami team that is is not very good offensively Mm -hmm. uh, they they have struggled scoring the ball and if you can come in with that can't kind of defensive you know intensity for four quarters regardless of who plays uh, then I think you got a chance to win so I'll I'll go with field goal percentage
2: It's a good one talking to Kevin Ray of Valley Sports he's joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. K you said it at the end of that game on Wednesday you know the I think you called it a heartbreaker of a loss when when the way it played out with uh, with with Evan Mobley scoring and then Mikel Bridges missing the shot. Overall though that game we saw some good things from the Suns. We saw them play much better defense in the first half and really for the whole game, but especially in the first half we saw them rebound better. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Was it was it a positive or a negative?
4: You know, look, I got to take away a positive in in the game because when you consider a couple of the performances that we witnessed on that road trip um, and, and, you know, we we had the conversation the day of the game, guys, I said, I want to see fight. If there's one word Mm. that I used to describe what I want to see that night in Cleveland, it was fight. And, And I saw that. I saw that from virtually everybody who stepped on the floor. And look, I saw it from DeAndre Ayton, and I said it on the telecast. You know, D.A. was the guy who made the comments and uh, kind of, you know, brought everybody together in the locker room after uh, that previous loss, and, you know, he he kind of put a bullseye uh, on himself. And you know, Wolf, when when a guy does that, uh, people are going to be looking the closest at you because you were the one that came out with the words, and I thought D.A., came with the kind of performance, well, it, look, it, it's the kind of performance that earned him, you know, Western Conference Player of the Week mm-hmm. a month ago. It's the kind of performance that Monty Williams has said, that's what we've got to have out of this guy, you know, mm-hmm. 18 rebounds. And, and I know Monty kind of bemoaned not being able to get D.A. the ball in scoring position better, but you credit Cleveland, which is a terrific defensive team, for really, you know, choking off Uh, the interior passing and and they did that because they knew the Suns were you know greatly diminished on the perimeter so sometimes as much as you wanted to get him the ball there just was no way you were going to do it because the Suns were were having a hard time knocking down shots.
1: See for me Kay rebounding matters so much and we've been talking about it all season long I think you have been the first one as a matter of fact that was all over it the Suns need to rebound the basketball a whole lot better and That, of course, implies that your big guy is going to go out there and rebound the basketball as well. Did they make that a point of emphasis going into the Cleveland Cavalier game? Did you hear anything about that? Because it looked like a different team that went out and actually out-rebounded a team that's the number one rebounding team in the association.
4: Yeah, I I don't know that it was you know spoken directly from Monty and the side. I just think it was acknowledged by the guys, like – Look, I, I know fans have been frustrated. And, you know, sometimes we as broadcasters have been frustrated with this team's play. Um, but, you know, what, what I saw was a, it was a, a prideful team uh, that took the floor against Cleveland. And I think it was the guy that recognized, man, we've been embarrassed a couple of times on this road trip. And we don't want to close this thing out with getting embarrassed. And And I will say this, because we were – Our broadcast position was down on the floor and we were just to the right of the Suns bench. And I saw Chris Paul as vocal during that game as I have all season long. Because as we know, Chris really kind of picks and chooses his moments with this team, uh, which is just a testament to, you know, to his leadership. But I, I hated that they lost that game. Uh, you know, not just for Chris, for everybody, but, man, I, I could see how badly he wanted to lift his team to a victory. So, I I don't know that it was spoken directly by the coaches. I think it was a collective effort that said, man, this is what Cleveland is best at. We have got to bring our hard hats tonight. And I thought they did that.
2: Talking to Kevin Ray of Valley Sports, Kay, you know, the Suns, that, that their offensive philosophy always is, you know, if you got the shot, you take it. If you have a good open shot, take it. Like, move the ball around, get the best possible shot. Uh, and it's not like Mikel Bridges didn't have a good look at the end of that game, but it kind of just stirred up the conversation here yesterday of, if you don't have Devin Booker, is there one guy in particular that you're hoping is able to take that last shot, or is it really just as simple as whoever has the clearest look?
4: You know, I, I think it's, I think it right now it, it's got to be who's got the clearest look. Um, you know, you go back to the possession uh, or, or two possessions before, you know, Landry missed one wide open three, was able to knock down the next one to, you know, to tie it up. But, uh, you know, you, you credit the approach that, that Cleveland had uh, because Donovan Mitchell drew so much attention defensively and they went to their second year big man, Evan Mobley, who, you know, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn most of the night. And he, he knocked down the shot. And I think right now the Suns have got to take that approach. You knew that they were going to choke off Chris Paul and not allow him a look. Um, and and I thought that the play was well-designed. It's a shot we've seen. Mikhail Bridges knocked down, uh, you know, numerous occasions during this season. And I will say this about Mikael guys. We, we, we we love the fact that he is an Iron Man, and I, I haven't said this too much other than privately. But he's tired. I mean, I, yeah. I I I saw him on a number of occasions walk back to the huddle the other night, just absolutely gassed. This is a guy who has just balled out every single night, and I'm not a proponent of you know resting guys and and load management, but. You know, you're never gonna catch AC Green and I know McHel takes great pride in playing and I'm sure he will never sit down. But this dude is tired. He is beaten up and that to me has had as much to do with Mikhail missing shots on this road trip than anything. Uh I know people have really broken down his game and saying, Well now he's showing us that he's he's not a legitimate, you know, number two scorer. You know, I, I would say you take your foot off the gas of any, you know, Mikhail Bridges slander. Uh I'll defend this guy to the nth degree, but he's tired. I'm, I'm hoping that getting home in his own bed, he's had a chance to get his batteries recharged. But uh I know it's a long-winded answer to your question, but right now, you know, until they get, Closer to being whole, I think it truly is by committee in those kind of situations.
1: Okay, Maloney's got this panic button that she pushes when she talks about the Suns. <laughs> All right, just so you know, okay, um when will you push the panic button? When if the suns continue to play like they are right now, currently, when will you hit that panic button?
4: Uh I'm not going to hit the panic button for for at least a few more weeks guys and and you know for a number of reasons uh, look yes they they have Tumbled down the standings, but and I said this on the telecast the other night. Look, as Suns fan, you, you stop looking at the standings every single day. I mean, some <laughs> fans are looking at it every hour. Like, oh my gosh, I think they lost a the half game. No, no, they didn't. Ah! <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe all those panic buttons, you know, are are also installed in everybody else's homes. But you know, nobody is running away with the conference at the moment. Right now, the Suns sit five and a half games. Five and a half out of the top spot. They sit uh, two games out of the number four spot. So you know, until I see a a eight to to nine game margin, uh, I'm not going to panic because I know help is on the way. I, and I know we say that, and you know, we, we thought that campaign was going to be back, and he was, but. Now he's going to be sidelined again. Uh, I do believe that we're, we're marching closer to the return of Cam Johnson. I'm hoping maybe, uh, maybe late next week or early the following week. You know, he's worked out hard, uh, in the pregame sessions before the games at tip-off. He's been on the last, you know, road trip. And, and you know, and Devin Booker, uh, maybe he'll be back sooner than expected, uh, and there is the trade deadline. So I'm not pushing the panic button at least for another a couple, three weeks.
2: No, this is what happens when we give Wolf a toy designed for four-year-olds and he's been playing with it all day. <laughs> K-Ray, good stuff, man. Thank you. You got it, guys. Have a good one. All right. It's Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us right there for game day with K-Ray on the Arizona Sports line. When we come back, Cliff Kingsbury was just asked about his future in Arizona And he gave an answer. Let's read into that answer next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.